Previously on Super Magical Force. Now I completely forgot where I was. We had left the wall. Myrad seemed to be lost in a dream. Oh, Edward, she said in a breathy voice. Where are we going? Long ago, a prophecy was made. The mountain shall appear when the boy born of ice meets the last song of the fallen school. It's the Dark One's prison, isn't it? That's where you're taking us. Behold, the lidless eye of the world. And now... Super Magic Force! Fanfiction Crossover Spectacular! From the quiet forests of Little Earth, to the sprawling cities of the wide world and beyond, to the planets of outer place, the multi-world is a battleground for the dual soul heroes. Each one a combination of two or more fandom favorites fighting to keep the seven stones of aggravation out of the hands of those who would destroy the easel of creativity itself. Written and performed by M.J. Maiello and based on the greatest works of our time. Book Two. Tales of Little Earth Episode 25 Fortune Telling Setting The Wintry Wastes Above the Wall Little Earth Then the party saw a cloud rising in the east, as if thousands of torches were burning on the horizon. What is that? Myrad asked. It's the Frost Giants, the warder said. The servants of the Winter Night King. They too are making their way toward the mountain. They will free the Dark Lord if they can. And what are we hoping to do? Ran asked. Fulfill your destiny, Moraine said. I'm really starting to hate that word. As they drew nearer the mountain, they saw that carved within its perfectly triangular form was a large circle touching each edge and in the circle's center was a circular impression that might have been a door. Rand felt like he had seen this image before, worn as a symbol. I can feel something emanating as we approach, Myrad said. Like a great power from within the mountain. Like one long note. That's probably the dark one whistling, Rand said. No, it's something good. Beautiful. It's like a vibration. A tuning fork or a piano string singing. It feels like it's resonating with something inside of me. When they reached the mountain, they tried to climb, but there was no possible way up the steep and impossibly smooth side of the mountain. No hook or rope would cling to it. What does the prophecy say about getting inside? Rand said. Oh dear, Maureen said. Perhaps we should have brought a ladder. Even in her cat form, Moraine McGonagall's feet could find no purchase. Try as she might, she only came sliding back down, her tiny claws screeching on the cold stone. It's too late, the warder said. As they looked behind them, they saw that the army of frost giants drew near. We're all going to die, Myrad said. This is horrible. Myrad, Moraine said, resuming her human form. Remember, helpful thoughts. You're fortune-telling again. Use your CBT. Remember, we cannot know the future. We can't know the future, Rand said. Light, the only reason you brought us here was some ridiculous prophecy. Oh, well, 
Except for mystical prophecies, we cannot know the future. Hey, there's an inscription here, Rand said. Some kind of funny markings. It says, build the stairway and the door will open, Maureen McGonagall said. We have neither time nor materials to build anything, the water replied. Myrad, can't you use your water bending or something? Myrad reached out with her hands, swaying sinuously in the breeze. I can't. There's not enough water. There's snow everywhere. I can only manipulate it when it's in its liquid form. Well, then somebody melts some, Rand said. It would take a river of water to build a stairway that high, the water said. Drawing her wand, Maureen cast a ring of fire in a wide semicircle between the mountain and the foes. Be warned, she called out. Any who cross that ring of fire will be slain. When the first frost giant stepped over the ring, Maureen cast an enormous fireball that sent it smoldering back into the giant's ranks. Ha, the warder said. Take that. Victory is assured. I only memorized four more of those, I'm afraid, Maureen said under her breath. Memorized? What edition rules are you using? Second. Oh, victory is not assured. I wish Quoth were here, Myrad said. Had to finish his book. Myrad, use your CBT. What is the A? The activating event, Myrad answered, is that we are in the frozen north at a mountain that we can't get into surrounded by frost giants that want to kill us. And the C? The emotional consequences that I am feeling terror and despair. And what are you telling yourself about the A? The B? My belief? is that we are all certainly going to die, and this is awful, and I'm a complete idiot for coming here with you horrible people. Good. Now dispute that belief. But the lesson was interrupted. One lone, human-sized figure walked through the ring of fire as if it was nothing more than a cool sprinkler on a summer's day. He withdrew his smoldering cloak, and he was naked from the waist up, his glass-like flesh sparkling in the pale light. Edward, Myrad said. That's him, Moraine said. He calls himself the Winter Night King, a vampiric elemental lord. But I remember when he was just Edward Diggory, not a half-bad seeker on the Quidditch pitch. I had best go see what he wants. Wait, the warder called out, but Moraine McGonagall ignored him and strode off. While they talked, Myrad could not help but stare. She was sure he was the man who had been appearing in her dreams. She found herself wanting to walk toward him. When Maureen came back, she looked grim. What did he say? The warder asked. He will let us leave with our lives, if Myrad will consent to be his bride. We fight, the warder said, drawing his broken sword. Light, this guy doesn't even have a whole sword, Rand lamented. Myrad stared at the lone figure across the frozen waste. That's sort of... Flattering. Blood and bloody ashes, Rand said. I will never understand women. He's a monster. I'm not saying I'd consider it, but it is my first marriage proposal. I suppose it's nice to have received at least one before I die a horrible death here. You are not going to die, Maureen said. Remember, you are the song. Myrad still felt great doubt, but she knew Maureen was right about one thing. Somehow, this was all up to her. 
She swallowed hard as the frost giants began to charge through the ring of fire, and Maureen unleashed another volley of massive fireballs. But on the giants came, bounding over their flaming comrades. The ground was undulating beneath her feet, and still Myrad could not believe she would be able to do anything useful at all. Production Notes Okay, so the party is in a bit of a pickle. I said I would not make too many more RPG jokes, but I just can't stop myself, it seems. I thought the idea from old school Dungeons and Dragons that wizards had to plan out what spells they would memorize for the next day was, was unreasonably harsh. I mean, how's a wizard supposed to supposed to know what they're going to be facing tomorrow? I don't even know what I'm going to be doing after this. As for CBT, we saw Myrad using the ABC technique associated with a specific type of therapy called Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy. The A is the activating event, the thing that happened. The B is your belief about what the thing that happened means, or the thoughts you have about it, how you evaluate it. The C is the consequence, and usually we're interested in the emotional consequence because that's usually what people want. They want to not feel negative emotions like depression. Sometimes the consequence can be behavioral, uh, such as like, I don't want to swear, I don't want to throw things, I don't want to smoke cigarettes. Uh, but usually we're interested in looking at what the beliefs are to change what the C is in response to A. Common sense tells us the A causes the C. The thing happens and our feelings result. But one of the foundational ideas of cognitive behavioral therapy is that if we want to change the way we feel, we need to change our beliefs about the activating event. The most famous quote reflecting this comes from Epictetus, a freed Roman slave who taught philosophy in ancient Greece. He is associated with a school of thought known as Stoicism. He said that people are not disturbed by things, but by the views that they take of them. General Disclaimer this is a work of fan fiction, satire, admiration, and love. It is solely for entertainment. I do not own the rights to any of the reference works. This includes, but is not limited to, The Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Star Wars, Star Trek, The Hobbit, Marvel Comics, The Wheel of Time, The Pelennor series, Game of Thrones, any Disney properties, or Norse mythology. I do not own the rights to any characters portrayed in this series at all, not even a little bit. The creators of these intellectual properties have not endorsed this work, and they almost certainly would not return my phone calls. The Harry Potter series was created by J.K. Rowling and is owned by Warner Brothers. The works of J.R.R. Tolkien are owned by the Tolkien estate. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel Enterprises, Star Wars, and the works of Disney Animation are owned by the Disney Company. The Pelennor series was created by Alison Croggan and published by Candlewick Press in the U.S. The Wheel of Time was created by Robert Jordan and is published by Tor Books in the U.S. Specific Disclaimer Avatar, The Last Airbender was created by Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian Konitsko and produced by Nickelodeon Animation Studios. The Name of the Wind was written by Patrick Rothfuss and is published by DAW Books in the United States. Twilight was written by Stephanie Meyer and published by Little Brown and Company in the United States. Also note, Neil Gaiman, Hayao Miyazaki, George Lucas, Stan Lee, and Chris Claremont are just plain awesome. This podcast is and always will be available for free, and I am not and never will be making any profit from this podcast. All rights of the original intellectual properties belong to their respective owners. Please don't sue me. Hello, Diggory. Nice to see you. How are you, Professor? How's the school doing? 
Oh, very well. We just got a new jet. And how have you been? I'm doing all right. Got my own ice castle now. Spend a lot of time playing piano. A bit hard to get the Frost Giants to play Quidditch, though. They're not bad at baseball. Edward, what happened? You had a fine career at Hogwarts. What turned your heart to darkness so? You don't know? No. It wasn't easy making a living after Hogwarts. No one tells you how hard it's going to be to go pro as a Quidditch player. The student loans were crushing. You became an evil lord of the Frozen North because of your student loans? Isn't there a forgiveness program? Not unless you're a secret king, but, but no, that wasn't it. It was all the letters. Day after day, owl after owl. What letters? The letters from Hogwarts asking for alumni donation. I mean, I wouldn't even have finished paying for your overpriced school for 30 years. Where do you get the audacity to ask for more money? That was just the final straw. I decided it would be better to embrace undeath and be the king beyond the wall than be subject to all that. You're not getting another penny from me. I don't care if the astronomy tower is falling down or whatever. And you can tell the librarian that there's not going to be an Edward Diggory Neverwinter Night King library extension in their future. Super, Super Magic Force! Force.